Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And again, welcome to Spring Cleaning. Last weekend, Gina and I uh, drove to Chicago for our niece's graduation. And this series was opened up by Ryan Cathers, our student pastor. And man, he knocked it out of the park teaching on uh, spring cleaning, dusting off our joy. And can you give it up here in Borman, here in Warren? Just incredible job. I listened to it after the weekend, and, and man, it was incredible. It really fed me and excited me. I went ahead and downloaded uh, the book he mentioned in the lesson. So if you haven't heard it, uh, and the book's been great. I'm on chapter two, but it's been great. Uh, make, sure, make sure you listen to that lesson. And today we're going to talk about spring cleaning, you know, deep cleaning, deep clean the walls, the floors, the corners, the drawers, and the screens, and all those things that we do. We're going to talk about deep cleaning the Holy Spirit in our lives so that he can work at a higher level. And I want to open up with a, a story. This is a, a true story. It happened the church was about 10 years old. I would have been 34 at the time. And um, it, it was just the most interesting thing. A, a businessman in the church made me an offer. He, he had his main business, but he, he made me an offer with a business he was starting. I just had to put a little collateral in, and uh, it was going to be me being a silent partner and just making some extra money through the business. It sounded like a great deal. It, I thought it was going to work really well. And uh, so it was like a no-brainer, yeah, take it, you know. But I told him, I said, I want to, first of all, mention it to my wife, and secondly, I want to pray about it. And it sounds kind of weird because two plus two equaled four, and it was just a great deal, right? But I, I had learned to do that. So I mentioned it to Gina, and then both of us prayed. And, and when I prayed, uh, I just didn't feel God wanted me to do that. You know, when God guides us or leads us, um, some people hear, they say they hear the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, um, and I respect those people. They're way more sensitive to God than I am, so I always like a couple around me, you know, to protect me. But uh, I, God leads me and guides my steps with green lights and red lights, you know. So it's like the green light is you just feel good about it, you, and the red light is it just doesn't feel right. One preacher said it this way, it's like taking a shower with your socks on. And uh, can we all agree that's like something's wrong here, especially when you go to wash your feet, right? And so I had that kind of feeling, like I was taking a shower with my socks on. And so I went back to him and I thanked him. And I said, you know what, maybe God wants somebody else to do this and he wants you to bless someone else. But I just feel like uh, God's not giving me a green light on it. And so he was real nice about it. And we, we never went into business together. And so about a year later, he was arrested and thrown into jail for 10 years and, uh, because of his main business. And, uh, and I was like, Phew, I'm glad I didn't connect with his secondary business because uh, I don't believe he was trying to hurt me. He was trying to bless me, but I didn't know what was going on. And here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. He's God, right? He's as much God as the Father, the Son. Um, the Holy Spirit knew what was going on behind closed doors, and I didn't, right? And he also knew uh, what was going to happen in the future, and I didn't. And so I'm so glad I, I've learned to allow God to guide me, and the Holy Spirit wants to help us in so many ways. And so that's why I want to talk about this today. That's not the only way he helps us. And I have a theme verse for, for this lesson, and, and, and here it is. It, it's... Uh, 
1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It reads like this. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And the word temple means holy house. Uh, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. That would be the Holy Spirit. This is written to Christians. So, you know, when we worship corporately, the, the presence of God, you can sense it in the room. It's beautiful. But do you realize that God lives inside you all the time? And that's what this verse is uh, referring to, and that you are his temple. And this word temple means holy house. It's the same word that's used in describing the temple or tabernacle of Moses. Remember, God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, and then he gave Moses plans for a temple where he would dwell. And it had three compartments, the outer court, the holy place, and then the holy of holies. And the holy place and the holy of holies were separated by a curtain. And the Levites, the normal everyday priests, they could go into the holy place as often as they want wanted, but they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest had to be Aaron or one of his uh, uh, descendants. They could go in, but they had to do all this ceremonial cleansing to go in. And if anyone went in that wasn't supposed to, they would literally die, not because God was being mad. They weren't holy enough to be in God's presence. And so what's so cool is the Bible is saying God made you as holy as the Holy of Holies. And we know we're not perfect, right? We're all trying to become more like Christ. So we're all growing. We're all becoming more Christ-like. We all have to say, Lord, forgive me for that one or this one, so on and so forth. But did you know if you accepted Jesus on the inside, you're as holy as the holy of holies? That God, the Bible says, washed you with the blood of Jesus and that you are blameless and holy in his sight? That's absolutely amazing. And you're so holy that he could place his Holy Spirit in you, and he is amazing. And I have a big idea for this lesson. It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. The Holy Spirit is in us to help us, and that's why he's in you. And he wants to help you at a really, really high level, and if we don't spring clean some gunk out of our life, he won't be able to help us at the highest level. There's two things he always does, no matter what. We'll talk about those in a moment, but we're gonna have to spring clean. And here's a cool verse about him helping us, John 14, 16, and it reads like this. And I will ask the Father, God the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But listen to this. Uh, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. So speaking to them at this time, Jesus hadn't died. The Holy Spirit, if he went inside of them, they would have exploded. God's too holy. But he said they, he will be in you, so God's made us holy enough. But why is he in us? Just to say he's in us? No, he's in you to help you. And I know for so many of us, this can be like a little bit super spiritual, like well, how do I interact with an invisible God? And how do I interact with the Holy Spirit? So I'm, I'm gonna do my best to help you understand. It's really simple. Uh, and, and we'll talk about him leading and guiding you in the big decisions in your life and some other wonderful things he wants to do. But first, I just wanna talk about us cleansing, right? Uh, uh, just deep cleaning some things out of our life because there's certain things that will stop him from working at the highest level in our lives. So we wanna deep clean those things. And here's the first uh, and, and I struggle with this one a lot. Uh, walking in love and forgiving will activate the Holy Spirit. So activate means he'll work at the highest level. And notice, we have to walk in love and we have to forgive people or uh, it will stop him from working. And here's a great verse at the highest level. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve. That means to make him sorrowful 
or offend him. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So he's in us, and God's saying, hey, make sure you don't grieve him. Uh, what is it that we can do to make him sorrowful, which won't allow him to work at the highest level, um, to offend him? Obviously, sin, I'm not even talking about that, but if we practice sin and say, I'm not going to stop, that, that will grieve him, right? But listen to the very next verse. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. That's the one, I struggle with that. Uh, not the kind of anger where I'm hitting Gina, so don't worry, but, but anger, right? Anger. Uh, brawling and slander, I, I, I don't like getting in fights, so I'm not a brawler. Uh, slander, I can do that too, I have to watch, along with every form of malice. Now listen to verse two. Be kind and compassionate, that's loving people, um, to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And so he's saying, hey, you have to keep these things clean, your heart clean. And so for me, anger is a big one. Like, um, you know, I can get angry because of inflation. It just, you know, because I'm running the church, the business side, you know, with the board helping me. That, that can get me angry, um, you know, and I could be upset about this, upset about that, and, and I could watch the news and get angry, right? So uh, there are times, I have to do it more than once a year, so it's not like my house, sprinkling in my house, and I just have to say, you know what, I'm washing that out, Lord, or uh, bitterness or f- releasing someone and forgiving them. So all of us, um, there, there are times when we just have to cleanse that out. Why? We'll grieve the Holy Spirit. We'll keep talking about that, but the other one might surprise you, the second one, and here it is. Cleaning the negative out of our lives will activate the Holy Spirit. So if he's going to work at the highest level, we have to clean the negative out of our life. And unfortunately, I'm negative by my default. My nature is negative. So I have to really work hard at this thing. And let me show you what the Bible says. First Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always, and again, Pastor Ryan's message was amazing on how to release joy and learn to walk in joy. Pray continually, two important things, but listen to verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We'll talk about that, but listen to verse 19. Here's why you want to be thankful. Do not quench the Spirit. To quench means to put the flame out, to suppress, and God is saying to us, hey, I need you to stay positive because God, heaven's positive, God's positive, and it can really suppress the Holy Spirit. Now, also, there's something else we can do, the next thing that will, uh, can also put the flame out, and we'll show you that in a moment. But can we talk about this? Because notice what it says, we need to be thankful in all circumstances. So when the Bible says be thankful for everything, that means the good things. When the Bible says be thankful in all circumstances, that just means all the bad things too. So we're not thanking him for the bad things, but we're finding something good to thank him for, right? So we went to Chicago this past weekend, and uh, obviously I had to fill the car up, right, with gas. And man, whew, it cost a lot to fill an SUV up, right? And some of you have bigger trucks. You're telling me how much, 110, 120 bucks for a tank of gas. Uh, mine wasn't that bad, but it was high. And uh, uh, so while you're doing that, you can have fear, try to get in. You can have a little anger, try to get in, right? But I've just begun to do something. And and I just thought, you know what? I'm not giving in to all that uh, because it's not going to change anything. 
So here's what I did. I'm filling my tank up. I'm seeing how much it costs. And, and I'm out there all by myself filling the tank up. Everyone else is in the car. And I just began to say, Father, I thank you that you promised to supply all my needs according to your resources. The book of Philippians, right? Chapter four. You said you supply all my needs according to your resources. So I just began to thank him. And I said, I'm not allowing anger or frustration to get in me because that will uh, not allow the Holy Spirit to work at the highest level. I do all of our grocery shopping by choice. I love to grocery shop. Um, and so I do most of it at Aldi's, about 80%. And then if they don't have something, I'll go to other stores. Um, and typically, it costs me about 100 bucks to fill up a buggy, right? Just a whole buggy. And we get about the same things every week. And now it's like 150, 160. And you notice that, you know, 60 more bucks. So some of you, you know, you might just have to take a not save as much. But for others, it's like you're stretched and you're going to have to use a credit card just to get through this moment. And it can cause anger. It can cause frustration, right? So I'm walking out of Aldi's and here's what I do. I've just, I made a decision. Father, I thank you. Well, what can I be thankful for? I'm not thankful that my buggy costs 60, 70 bucks more, but I'm thankful that God promised to supply all my needs. And I just, I just focus on what God's promised, and I say, I'm going to be thankful that you, you will supply all of my needs. And I've just learned to be thankful and just thank God. Now, again, guys, I'm not preaching up here. I'm higher than you in my, uh, you know, you're sitting, I'm up here on a stage, but you know I'm not a holier-than-thou preacher. I struggle with that but I've made a decision. I'm going to be thankful. You know why I'm going to be thankful? Because the Holy Spirit works in an atmosphere of thanksgiving, and I don't want to create an atmosphere that's not thankful. So we want to do that in every single area of our life. Just learn to be thankful. And for me, I have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to be thankful. Conscious decision. I'm going to wash and clean the anger out of my life. It allows the Holy Spirit to work at the highest level. We don't want to grieve him, we don't want to quench him. We want him as free as he can be. But you know, there's also a switch we have to turn on. And I like this one. Desiring the Holy Spirit to work in our lives will activate the Holy Spirit. So we have to desire him. We have to want him. And here's our scripture, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So if you're hyper-focused, you're looking at this and saying, well, that's about gifts, not about the Holy Spirit. And so if you're hyper-focused, that means you can't see the forest for the trees. you know. And so that's a blessing, but it can also mess your life up. So you, you want to broaden your horizon there. Um, guys, where do, where do the gifts come from? The Holy Spirit. So notice, whenever the Bible says to desire something, that means that if you don't desire it, you're not going to have it. Uh, he would not tell you to desire it if you didn't have to. So when he's saying desire it, it means that's the switch that releases him to work at the highest level. So we need to learn to desire. And this word desire is an interesting word. Uh, it means to long for something. So uh, all of us in this room know what it is just by food, right? Don't, don't we know it by food? So uh, I have a, a food I really like. It's this omelet at the original pancake house, and they crack six eggs to make it, and uh, it's huge. And and I like the vegetable one, but I don't mind a side of bacon with it too. You know, some other things. And and I've been so good. I hadn't had it for almost a year, and then I just had this thought come up in me: You need an omelet, Joe. You need an omelet. So so I prayed and I said, Lord, would you put that same thought in Gina's heart? Because I want her to go have an omelet with me, right? And, and, and he did. She, she said, let's get an omelet. I said, yeah, let's get an omelet. Prayer works, I'm telling you. It works. So, but here's how it worked. 
at first I said, no, I'm eating clean, you know, and I'm gonna, I don't want to get that bacon, and, and I got to have toast. I can't eat it without toast. And, and so I got to have my carbs with it and everything else. And so I, I, I just said, no, but man, it nagged me. All I could think about is I got to get me an omelet. I got to get me an omelet. That's what desire is. So you, you know what it is, right? It's just, I got to have it. And God wants us to be that way with the Holy Spirit. I want you to work in my life. I have to have you working in my life. And so that's something I have to remind myself of. I have to turn that switch on. And when we do, the Holy Spirit is in us to help us. He'll be able to help us at the highest level. And so if you want gifts to flow in your life, you just need to say, Father, I desire the Holy Spirit and the gifts in I desire him to lead me. I desire him to guide me. So let me show you uh, two things he does no matter what. You, if you don't even want him, if you're a Christian, and even a non-Christian for the first one, he'll be doing this in your life. And here they are. The Holy Spirit always convicts and releases desire inside of us. So he's always convicting us. Conviction is not condemnation. Conviction's like, I know I need to read my Bible more. I know I need to spring clean. I know what Pastor Joe said, but you know he's not always right. I don't know if I want to wash this out. I kind of like this inside me, right? Whatever it is, right? And, and, and so let's talk about that first. John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, Jesus, because if I don't, the advocate, the comforter won't come. If I go away, then I will send them to you. That's the Holy Spirit. Now listen to one of the, uh, two of the things the Holy Spirit does. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and, and of coming judgment. So now forest for the trees. Can't see the forest for the trees. If you just stay narrow with this, you say he only does that to the non-Christian. And that's how I pray for non-Christians all the time, man. I, I pray for them constantly. And the way I pray is, I pray, Lord, if anybody's in our services this week that doesn't know Christ, would you convict them that they're a sinner? Would you convict them that they need Jesus as a Savior? Would you convict them that there's righteousness they can have in you? And would you convict them that there's a judgment if they don't accept you? And so I'm always praying that way, and I really believe that's why hands go up in services and so on and so forth. Um, But you know what? After you accept Christ... Uh, does God say, well, now that you're a Christian, I'm not going to convict you? No, he keeps convicting us, and he will convict us of whatever we need to do. That's, that's what he does. He's always convicting us. And so uh, I have noticed that whether I want to or not, whether I want God in my life or not, whether I'm following him with a passion or I'm not, he's convicting me. Joe, you need to do this. So everybody listening to me, he'll be convicting you. Spring clean, spring clean. Take the negative out. Wash the negative out of your life, right? Turn the switch on. He'll be convicting you. Read your Bible a little more. Do this. That's just what he does. You know what else he does? I love the second thing. Uh, He places desire in us. And listen to Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So we need to desire the Holy Spirit, but this is not talking about that. Notice notice the, the whole subject of this verse is living a life that pleases God. And so what does God do if you're living a life and you're living in such a way that doesn't please him? He will put a desire in you and then give you the power, the ability to do that. So whether you want God in your life or not, whether you want the Holy Spirit working in your life or not, you know what he's doing? He's placing desires in you. You need to do this. You you need to forgive this person. You need to read your Bible more. You need to get involved in a connect group and develop relationships that are going to change your life. He's always uh, convicting. He's always placing desires. And I like that about the Holy Spirit. So he'll do that whether you want him to or not. 
But I notice I have to spring clean so I can have him work at the highest level. The Holy Spirit is in us to help us. And I want to just talk about two areas. The first I kind of mentioned in our opening story, but I want to just drill down a little deeper. And here's the first of two I want to talk about. Many other ways he helps us. The Holy Spirit is in us to guide us. And that is so important, guys. And remember, some of us, it's green light, red light. That's a major way he does me. Some will say, I hear the voice of the Spirit, and I think that's awesome. And again, those are very sensitive people to the Spirit of God. And God usually gifts them to work in the gifts of the Spirit a little higher level. Uh, but, but here's the little mini switch for that. Listen to Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And we'll talk about verse six in a moment. Keep that up, guys. But notice what this first verse is saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own own understanding. He's not telling you not to use it. Your understanding is your intellect. It's two plus two equals four. That's your understanding, right? So for the business deal, it was a no-brainer. I should have just jumped in. But what did I decide to do? Trust God. I decided to trust God because the next verse says he'll direct my steps, right, if I trust him. And so I I prayed this prayer, and I said, I'm going to trust God. Look Look at the next verse. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And so I just am determined that no matter what I'm going to do, everything God wants me to do, I'm going to seek the will of God. And then God says, I'll direct you. So I remember the Borman campus, guys. I remember when God dealt with me, we needed to start campuses. But you know what? Hermitage had an open door. Borman had an open door. And then I kind of liked the east suburbs of, of Cleveland too. So I had to pray and I said, God, wh- where do you want? And, and the board prayed and we're all praying, Lord, where should we open our first campus? And then the green light went on for Borman. And then with Borman, we, we found three buildings and all of them could have worked. Um, but we prayed. We said, Lord, what's the best building? And it took, it took weeks, but eventually we just knew the green light went on. Every time I thought about the other ones, it was taking a shower with my socks on. Uh, the board felt the same way. And, and so we took the building that you're in. That's how the Holy Spirit leads us. And notice all you're doing is saying, Lord, I just want your will. And my understanding says this is a great deal, right? When Gene and I first met, we dated a couple times. Um, here's what I said. I prayed and I said, God, I love everything about her. I'd like to ask her to marry me. Uh, first go steady and then get married. And, and uh, I said, God, uh, I want to do that. But then I said this, I, I like everything. I don't, I don't have any reason not to. Uh, and she prayed the same way. But I said, you know what? Not your will, but not my will, but your will be done, right? And I was afraid to pray that because I didn't want him to say no and, and give me a red light. But, you know, because how did I know? She could... She could have been a serial killer hiding it. I didn't know, right? How do you know? Or maybe she pretended she loved God, but she didn't. And once we got married, I might have found out, hey, I don't want to serve God. You know, how do you know all these things? And so I thought, well, I'm just going to ask God. And then he gave her a green light. He gave me a green light. I'm not trying to be weird or super spiritual, but can you all agree that's that, that can save you some trouble, right? Just to ask God, should I do the, should I move uh, to Florida? Shouldn't I? Um, I say, no, stay here, man. Stay in Ohio. But, but uh, you know, Lord, should I take this new job? Shouldn't I take this new job? And we're in a job market now where there's so many opportunities. Should I stay where I'm at? Should I go somewhere else, Lord God? It's good to pray those prayers. And he will direct your steps. And you don't have to be super spiritual for that to happen. Can I show you a couple promises here? This is cool. Galatians 5.25. Since we are living by the Spirit, 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. He wants to lead you. He's in us to help us. He wants to guide us. And I like this Old Testament one. This is Psalms, Psalm 48, 14. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever. He will guide us until we died. So if you read verses 1 through 13, they're really cool. That's what God's like. But then notice the promise. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. God says, I will guide you for the rest of your life. And can you see the protection in that? There's such protection because God knows what's going on behind every closed door. And God knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. And so I've just learned to say, Father, not my will, your will, and just surrender those particular things to the Lord. And here, here's the second. This one uh, that I, again, I could teach on 10, but the Holy Spirit is in us to exhort and teach us. And, and I like this one. He's in us to exhort and to teach us. And this is such an important part. And the Holy Spirit exhorts us by bubbling scriptures up inside of us. And, and here's a great verse. Again, uh, I don't want you to be so hyper-focused you can't see the forest for the trees, but I'll explain what I mean. John 14, 25. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. We'll talk about that in a moment and will remind you of everything I told you. And that's the exhortation, reminding us of everything Jesus told us. So he's speaking specifically to them, right? So they just sat through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, almost, oh, just over three years of Jesus' teaching. They didn't have their smart device. Uh, they, they didn't carry a big parchment and write notes. Jesus said, don't worry. I'm gonna have the Holy Spirit bring it all back to your remembrance. And that's what he did for them. But can I ask you a question? When we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that still Jesus speaking to us? Yeah. Uh, when you read Romans through Revelations, the epistles, is that the word of God? Is Jesus the word? Yeah, the Old Testament? Yes, he's the word. And here's what I love about this. I can be going through the hardest, toughest times, and I remember going through some really tough times, and, and right in the midst of it, scriptures begin to bubble up inside me. And I'm not even thinking about them, but I'm down, I'm a little bit bummed out, I'm struggling, have some fear, have some anxiety trying to come at me. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I don't know how he does it, but it just bubbles out of here and it pops in my head. And, and, and I don't know if I do this or him, I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes at the beginning, it is my son or Joe. I really like you, Joe, and let me tell you scripture. Um, or, or it's, you know, at the end, you know, it's like he signs it, my, you know, this is your God or something, you know, uh, this is the Lord. I, I, I don't know, I probably add that, but the, the important part is the bubbling up, right? And I just, I get so excited when I'm struggling, I have fear, I have anxiety, and all of a sudden a scripture I hadn't thought about in forever just bubbles up inside me. So that's why we read the word of God, right? That's why we wanna make sure we listen to the word of God. So he will exhort you, and it's amazing, but you need to spring clean, and then, and then the pipes are clean and he can come up. Uh, but let's talk about teaching. 1 Corinthians 2.12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who was from God. He's in us, right? We're his temple so that we may understand what God has freely given us. And I love this one. Um, you know, just because you're really bright doesn't mean you'll understand the Bible. Uh, God can really use bright people. The apostle Paul was really bright and God really used him. Peter was more like me, not so bright, but God used him too, right? He can use all of us. And Peter understood the scriptures and Paul understood the scriptures. And, and so he can do that for us. So there's two prayers you want to pray. Ephesians 1, 18, verse 18 and verse 19. 
They are powerful. Verse 19 is for understanding. And I pray this, guy, this for you guys all the time, but if you pray for yourself, I think it works even faster. And, and, and verse 19 is that God would open the eyes of your understanding so that you might know. You might understand. You might know the scriptures. And he, he's the one that opens our eyes up. So I pray that way. Like this morning, it's like, Lord, open up everybody's eyes. Make, make the Bible make sense. You're the only one that can do that in our lives, right? Verse 18 is pretty cool too. I'm going to throw it in for free. Here's verse 18, guys. That God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him more intimately. That's what the literal Greek language says, so that you might know him more intimately. And I want you to think about this. An invisible God, how can we have a relationship with an invisible God? I think it's impossible unless God makes it happen, right? So he can open up and give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can have a relationship with the invisible God. But let's, let's, that's just free. Let's talk about verse 19 again. He opens up our understanding. So it's a true story. My mom was born in Italy. She came here when she was 10. And uh, she went to school in America, learned English, went to school. And uh, in eighth grade, World War II started, so uh, when she was ready to go into ninth grade, all the men were fighting, most, you know, the young men, and uh, so they had all the kids go to, go to work. So my mom, when she should have been in ninth grade, her and her sisters, they had to go to work, and she worked in the Motorola radio factory in Kane, PA, where she was living, and uh, she never went back to school. So we start the church, and the church is about 10 years old again, and mom comes up to me. And she just says, Joe, she says, I don't understand the scriptures. I'm listening. You told me to read the Bible. I'm reading it. And she goes, I I only have an eighth grade education. I can't understand it. And I said, no, mom, that's not true. I, I said, you don't have to be an intellectual genius to understand the Bible, right? Heck, mom, I understand it. So you can too, right? And so uh, we all can understand it, right? And so uh, I, I told her to pray Ephesians one, 18 and 19. I said, Mom, you just pray this every morning before you read the Bible. Lord, open up the eyes of my understanding that I might know. I talked to her about a year later. I said, Mom, how's it going? And she just had this smile on her face. She goes, the Bible's making sense. And I said, yeah, it is. Uh, eighth grade education and the Bible's making sense. And God has has given us the Holy Spirit so we can understand the scriptures. And if you just cry out those little prayers, God's going to release him. And so I don't know about you, but God is in us to help us. I get excited when I think about what God's in us to do and that the Holy Spirit's in us. And so over in Boardman, all the guys at TCI, online and here in Warren, can we say thank you, God, that you put the Holy Spirit in us? Can we just say thank you, Lord God? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now it's conviction time. Let's bow our head in some praise, all right? We allow God to convict us a little bit, right? Uh, Father, we love you so much. and I know you're convicting all of us all the time. to to move forward. Thank you for that, Lord. It's so awesome. Lord, as we bow our heads, I'm sure you dealt with some of us to spring clean this, spring clean that. I know I have to do it more than once a year, sometimes weekly. And, And Lord, I thank you. We thank you. And so as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, show us any area where we can cleanse and deep clean. And Lord, help us remember to turn the switch on, that switch that we begin to desire the Holy Spirit. We just want him and we long for him. Lord, thank you for convicting us. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for so much for putting desires in us to please you. We appreciate it. 
Lord, this is profound. I don't know if I still see how profound it is, but you're living inside of us. Make us more aware of that as we go through this week. And Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to remember, desire those spiritual gifts, desire you to work in every area of our life. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're just not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you walked in not being sure God existed. Maybe you grew up in church, but you're still not sure. Maybe you went to a church that told you if you do these things, you'll go to heaven. But God says, no, you can't go by your works. You go to heaven because uh, you put faith in Jesus. So listen up real close. Um, Jesus is God the Son. He always existed. He came into a human body. He taught us about God, and then he said, I have to die for you, and he died on the cross. And he shed his uh, lifeblood, which was sinless. And then he was buried, spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, and God raised him from the grave, and he's alive. And, and here's the gospel truth. Whoever believes in him, the Bible says, will not perish but receive everlasting life. If you can't remember a moment in your life where you believed, I'm not asking you if you knew who he was, Christmas and Easter, we all know who he is, but can you remember a moment when you believed? And if not, why not this moment? And if you say, I'm ready, would you pray with me? The rest of us, can we help and pray over in Borman, here in Warren, TCI, online? Just let's, let's come into agreement and say this after me and mean it. And the rest of us, let's say it with them. Father, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for the sins of the entire world. And that God raised you from that grave. I accept you today as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.